Hey guys, before we jump into this episode, just wanted to offer a quick trigger warning. We're going to be talking about Chelsea's birth story today and some of the more traumatic elements of that story. So if you're worried that that might affect you in any way, we invite you to skip this episode for now and meet us next week. We can't wait to see you. You're listening to the Big Sister Complex Podcast, the podcast where two big sisters and recovering perfectionists figure out their 20s in real time. We're exploring the elements of our lives from building relationships to establishing our early careers and celebrating all of the imperfections along the way. Welcome back to the Big Sister Complex Podcast. I'm Riley. And I'm Chelsea. We are so excited to get into it today. Um, We're talking about a very important story. The most important story. The most important. And that is Chelsea's birth story. Oh, wow. Where do we even begin? (laughs) Well, let's uh, take it away. I think I need to give a little context to like my pregnancy. Yes. To fully help people understand what was going on. Because the birth of Blair was something obviously I will always remember forever. Because she is my first daughter. Her first child. But it was quite crazy. And you were there for it. Yes, I was. And people, well, I feel like when we tell people I was there, they're like so surprised. Yeah. But I was there. You were there. Well, for part of it, but we'll yeah. get to that. Okay, so my pregnancy overall was a great pregnancy. Obviously, I had like normal symptoms of pregnant people, nausea, all the things. But there was nothing, anything, there was never anything scary or that we had to watch for if anything Blair looked like she was going to be a little bit on like the smaller side of things the only thing that was different about my pregnancy is that my dad is an OBGYN and I go to an OBGYN in the same practice as him so I was afraid of going into labor when my dad would be on (laughs) call because I don't know if you guys know this but doctors have this thing called call where they have to go stay at the hospital for like the emergencies that come in and so like there's a rotating schedule and you just never really know um until like a couple months out when you're going to be at the hospital and so I was afraid I would go into labor like my water would break and my dad was going to be the doctor on call and that's just terrifying because there was no way he was going to even be allowed in that room (laughs) like that's not (laughs) happening Okay, before we get into the actual labor, on the topic of your pregnancy, I just want to say what I remember most from your pregnancy is I don't think for like the full nine months, with maybe with the exception of like the first month, I don't think I ever saw Chelsea without like a snack and a drink. <laughs> yeah, like always. everywhere she went, like we would have like holiday parties or things at my house and she would like come over or, like birthday parties and she would always show up like with her own drink you'd do like a mcdonald's sprite or yep. ginger ale or something or like Coke, that yeah yeah the bubbles and then like a salty snack like Cheez-Its. you'd do crackers yes. cheese it's fries always always and that was like i always knew chelsea's gonna roll up with her own snack her yep. own drink because that was like the only way you would not feel sick yeah i guess it's like if you always have something in your stomach you're not sick so you just have to always be snacking which was great my favorite thing to bring to work for lunch i would bring a peanut butter and jelly a cheese stick mm-hmm. a little halo tangerine and like some sort of granola bar and I would just eat that over the course of like two and a half hours at work because I was always needing just to eat a two something. and a half hour extended lunch yeah I'm like nibbling I sound like a four-year-old also with my lunch like here's my cheese stick and halo you guys also had a lot of snacks with you in the delivery room oh oh yeah because I remember when we were picking up your stuff <laughs> I was rounding up all the <laughs> snacks throwing them back in the bag <sighs> which none of those I could eat okay let's get into any it. of those so let's just talk about it so anyways my dad's an OBGYN I don't want to go into labor, so we decided to induce me at like 39 and a half weeks when my doctor was going to be on call, so he could mm-hmm. be the one to deliver me, 
And if I didn't actually deliver then, it was another doctor that was coming in. So it was just a perfect setup. And at this point, I was really fine with being induced. Um, I'm kind of nervous sharing this story because people have such big opinions about pregnancy and birth and all of the things. And I could literally hear people saying like, being induced is not natural. How dare you do that to your child? Pushing but them out before they're not ready. But you a unique experience. Yes. And I'm just going to say, if anyone out there of our probably six listeners, is, <laughs> <laughs> which you're probably all our friends, so you're probably not thinking that. But if you are not someone who knows us personally, first of all, thank you and welcome. Welcome. But I've never had a child, so I can't speak from experience, but lots of my friends have had kids and every single one of those experiences has been different. Like mm-hmm. everyone that I know has had a completely different pregnancy, a different yeah. birth story and delivery experience. And I feel like there is so much information out there about, you know, like the pros and cons of like inducing and like effects of Pitocin, drugs. Like Pitocin, what does it do yeah. to the baby and all the things. But ultimately like you had to get that baby out yeah. and you had a specific situation with your dad. Like you couldn't go into labor when your dad was on call. Yeah. So there was a reason you had to do that and, and you did also, what worked for you. most first women who is like their first pregnancy and their first birth mm-hmm. needs some sort of help getting the, the everything going getting the ball rolling so i was fairly well dilated um i was like in a good situation to be induced too it's like i was in a favorable place they wouldn't have done it if i wasn't even in those conditions like there's yeah. certain conditions your body has to be in and i did meet those so that was a huge blessing so i go in and they were so sweet they were gonna have me have a morning appointment so i was gonna theoretically get to the hospital at like 6 a.m they would start me on the medicine and the doctor was like with how far along like progressed you are centimeter wise like you should be having that baby by 3 p.m and your friends can come see you and you can get like a good night's sleep and it's going to be a great time like this is a great plan yeah and i wasn't necessarily one for having like a birth plan even though it would be in my nature to like print something and laminate it and give it to everyone who walked in the room (laughs) um here are the steps yeah this is what i want exactly i also knew from experience, like my dad being OB, mm-hmm. that when that happens, when typically people have those like plans, um, it never happens the way you want it. So I was just going to go with the flow, do what I thought would be best for me and for Blair, give us like the most healthiest result. And that was his plan. So before you have like a scheduled procedure, you have to call the hospital to make sure they have a bed open and that you can come in. So I wake up at like 5 a.m., and I get ready of course I do my hair and makeup and I'm like calling the hospital and they're like oh sorry like it was a crazy night last night like we had so many deliveries like we don't have any beds open can you call back in two hours and we'll see if there's something available then Mm -hmm. so then I call back at like what a seven and Drew and I had gone to Chick-fil-a we had dropped Bentley off at daycare we were like eating breakfast that was going to be like my last meal before I go in because when you get induced you can't eat on the medicine and so I call at 7 a.m. Oh, no, sorry. We don't have any beds. Call back two hours later. And thus progresses this situation the whole day, which, mind you, was also my mom's birthday. Like, I had picked out the day, August 18th. I wanted Blair to be born because it was my mom's birthday. It would have been so special for her to share that with her grandma. But it's okay. So the whole day goes by. Finally, Drew and I, like, we drive up to, like, close to the hospital. We're, like, hanging out in that area. No there are no beds no beds no beds I felt like Mary you know no room in the end (laughs) okay I remember this vividly because so the reason that I was going to be in the room whenever Chelsea was giving birth was I was going to take the photos like you know those precious newborn photos like them putting the baby on mom's chest Mm -hmm. like 
crying, happy, like such an intimate moment. And Chelsea wanted that photo. And so I was going to be there to take that. And so I had just kind of like marked off my day. Like I was just basically like on call waiting for Chelsea to be ready. So I was checking in every once in a while. I was literally checking your location on your phone (laughs) because I was like, Okay, I haven't heard from Chelsea in a couple hours, but I was like, oh my God, what if like her water broke or something crazy happened? She like went to the hospital and didn't have time to text me. Like, no, I I wanted those photos. I would have told you. (laughs) And so I was like checking in every few hours, like stalking your location on Find My Friends. (laughs) And I I remember Michael, my husband, was like, I don't remember what his plans were for the day, but we only have one car. So he was going to be, he was going to have to drive me because I was like, I don't know how long I'll be there. So like just drop me off and then just come pick me up. And so we were just kind of like waiting around all day. And I was like, when is this going to happen? Like, what's going on? And I remember you being like, there's still no rooms. And I was like, this is outrageous. It was terrible. Yeah, because you were literally just like sitting around waiting for them to have room for you. And this had been like your whole plan. Yes. And I know like things don't usually go to plan and that's just life. But as your friend, I was like, this is ridiculous like do you know who Chelsea is like (laughs) she deserves the best suite in the hospital give her a room yeah give her a room let's get this baby out and also you were so uncomfortable at that point you were like I was ready ready to to be be done done. yeah yeah I was ready and also if you know like the thing with being induced is like you go into that day knowing you're having a baby Mm -hmm. whereas most of like natural delivery you just like one day your water breaks and you go and you don't know what's happening. So, of course, I didn't sleep the night before. Yeah. How could I sleep knowing the next day I was going to meet my baby? I was so excited. And I'm not the best when it comes to medical things. So I was like mm. anxious about IVs and all of those different things and pain. But I was like ready to get her out. I was going to tough through it. But that still made me very nervous. So there was no way I, I slept that night. So I didn't sleep the night before. Then we go into August 18th and it's like no beds, no beds, no beds. Finally, at like... 9 p.m. at night there had already been a shift change because they do it like 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. I call in to a new nurse and I'm like ma'am I've been calling all day is there a bed I'm supposed to be getting induced like Dr. Hopper is there like I have to be seen by him and she's like okay um I think we just had one clear out call back in 30 minutes and we'll see so I call back in 30 minutes and they had a bed and I finally went in and I sped there Drew and I were like (laughs) zoom in we zoomed in and we've get checked into the hospital at like 10 p.m and so at 10 p.m we're checking in filling out all the paperwork signing all the things they're giving me the bracelets they walk us back to our room and by 11 o'clock I'm hooked up to all the medicine and everything starts flowing and at this point I've had a few contractions but nothing's crazy did you have contractions before they gave you the medicine or was it only after they gave that Um, to you a few days prior but I think they were like just really intense Braxton Hicks I don't know Mm. I got really sweaty and clammy in like a meeting at at work and I was like (laughs) my stomach's hard and everyone was like freaking out but I think it was just a practice contraction so I didn't ever felt a very painful one Mm -hmm. because that's 11 p.m and then you know my mom comes up to the hospital she's there Drew's in the room and they had just lifted all of their COVID restrictions which was crazy so we could have actually people in the room which before that it was very limited to like one or two people so I'm grateful that happened because that allowed you to be there and my mom Andrew So we're there at 11 p.m. We're getting checked in. It's all kind of a blur. But somehow between 11 to 2 a.m., I don't really remember much. But I know at like 1.30, they broke my water. And then at 2 a.m. is when I got my epidural. And at that point, I still hadn't felt like any pain. And once I got the epidural, which that was so scary, 
but it's okay it's fine it's like five seconds and it's over with yeah wait um, what do they do like because i wasn't there for any of that so like i don't know how they break your water or how i'm like do i want to know i don't know how do you want to know give, about the breaking how the do water? they do an epidural i think i've seen i remember in high school in like my biology class we had to watch videos to watch one yeah we, we well not like in person but we had to watch videos of births in my biology That's class crazy. in high school and i remember we watched like a hospital birth and we watched a home birth and we watched a water birth and that's like the like, guys and girls, crazy. everyone watched it. And so I remember there's like a freaking whale harpoon hook that they used to break the water. It literally looks like a big crocheting needle. Ugh. That was crazy. No. It was, I feel like that's not as uncomfortable as like the position of the nurses and doctors hands having mm. to do it. If you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's not that's not it for me. Um, but the epidural is like a needle, right? OK, so I going into delivery, the biggest thing that I was afraid of mm-hmm. was the epidural. Because I know some friends who have had bad experiences, but that's like a very small percentage of people. But still, it's like when you know someone, it's scary. Yeah, it's in your head. It's in your head. But also, I'm just not like a needle type of person. I don't mind getting my blood drawn, but that was scary. And I just didn't want to see. Like, I I was kind of playing this idea of if I don't know, I can't be anxious about it. Yeah. So I never looked at how long the needle was, but Drew said he saw it and he was terrified. But (laughs) so... Well, Hopefully way, he didn't tell you that till after. No, it was afterwards. Okay. But I could tell because, okay, so it's actually really funny. I'm like, they have, they pick me up and, you know, you're super huge and pregnant and they push you towards like the back of the bed. So your butt's almost hanging off the bed mm-hmm. and you fold like over like in a C shape and like just hold yourself and you have to stay so still still but I was so nervous my body was just like shaking and so the nurse was like if you stick your tongue out you won't shake because your body's focusing on something else so I'm this is what I'm doing on the bed and then in the they let Drew and my mom stay in the room for it they just had to be backed up in the corner like they could not be up near me which I kind of thought I was going to be able to hold his hand but it's okay the nurse was there (laughs) so I'm imagine like you're I'm like bent over on the side of this bed like curled up in a seat with my tongue sticking out like terrified (laughs) and this doctor's putting this huge needle and he was the sweetest doctor he was like okay this is what I'm going to do there's going to be a little prick that's going to numb it and we'll wait a few seconds and then when I tell you to be really still just be really still and we'll you know he does all the things and so I'm bent over tongue out Drew and my mom are in the corner and I can see Drew he sees the needle so I see his eyes like terrified yeah then he is also looking at me laughing like why is she sticking her tongue out like right now what's happening because he couldn't hear the nurse but they do the needle and then somehow they keep it like attached to you because that's how the medicine like gets into your body I don't know what it looked like but once the needle went in and he had it put into position I just had to stay really still and then he did all the attachments and I was fine and they helped Mm -hmm. me lay back down. So it honestly wasn't as bad as I thought and it maybe took five minutes. Maybe it was longer, but it felt like five minutes. Like it didn't feel like that long. You're so brave. I don't know. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like just sticking my tongue out, like looking like a crazy person. (laughs) So then after that, we were just like, let's try to go to sleep. Let's Mm. try to go to sleep. Let the medicine work. And... So my mom and Drew went to sleep and I was up every 45 minutes. I had a peanut ball in between my legs. They were just like flipping me around. Mm-hmm. The nurse would come in every 45 minutes. My blood pressure cuff would go off like every 15 minutes. That was, there was one moment right after I got my epidural where my blood pressure went really low and the nurse came in and like gave me some medicine, but I was so foggy. I don't really remember that, yeah. but I guess that is something that happens. Um, so yeah, we just tried to sleep until the next morning and 
I wake everybody up at 7 a.m. because I was so bored. I wanted to talk to someone. And so we're like laying in your bed like, okay, everybody. There is actually there's a button on your controller, at least in our hospital, where you can open the blinds from the button. (laughs) So I literally wait until the clock struck seven and I just press the button and the blinds just started opening. And my mom and Drew were like, oh, I guess it's time to get up now. You're like, yes, entertain me. Yeah. I'm trying to get a baby out of me. Yeah. So then it was the morning of August 19th. The day Blair was born. Yes. So that yeah, that night when you you went in at like ten, mm-hmm. that's when I think Drew texted me. Okay. And said that you guys had checked in and everything. Yeah. And so I just like had my ringer on super loud, and I was like, I made like Michael turn his ringer on super <laughs> loud, and I was like, okay, like if anything happens, call us. Did you guys go to sleep? Yeah. Okay. We good. went to sleep, but I I couldn't sleep because I was like, what if I miss the call? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, it just felt like. Obviously, it's, like, not my birth, but I, I was, like, I don't want to screw this up for Chelsea and, like, miss a call, and then she doesn't get the photo she wants, and so, yeah, I had Michael turn his ringer on lo- loud, I turned mine on, and then I remember I woke up at, like, 6 a.m., like, just my body was, like, oh, my God, you missed it, and so I checked my phone, there's nothing, so then I just kind of, like, got ready, and then I think I had Michael drop me off at, like, 8 a.m. Yeah, you got dropped off at 8, because I think at that point, I had been checked, and I was, like seven centimeters almost eight so it was like oh it could be another two hours like if you want to come yes just work from the hospital just like chill with us like that's like yeah i was like just come hang with us like we're just hanging i know i remember when michael dropped me off i was like yeah it'll probably be like i'll probably be done like by lunch i remember i told him i was like you can pick me up we'll go get lunch after like i'll be (laughs) i'll be done we can go get some chick-fil-a and then our plan was like I was going to be there to take the photos. Yeah. Michael was going to pick me up. We were going to get food for you and Drew and yep. then bring it back to you. And you guys are going to be the first people to see Blair. Yes. And so that was the plan. And I work from home. So I was like, oh, perfect. Like, I'll just do some of my work day from the hospital, yeah. whatever. And I did. I did, did. my whole work day <laughs> from the hospital. And I was, I didn't have any meetings that day. So it was nice. I just like sat on the little couch on my laptop and worked. But yeah around like 11 yeah when everything started happening i was very glad i had my laptop because i was just like to be focused <laughs> like a in. nice little distraction oh. i remember and i'm sure you like get into all the stuff that went down but um i remember at one point i was like i looked at drew and i'm like should i leave like because she only really like wants me here for the photo like i just kind of am here like should i step out and and come back in like when it's when it's time or like what does she want and he's like, honestly, I don't even think she knows you're here at this point. Like, you can just stay. It doesn't matter. I wish I could remember you being there. But outside of, like, you just typing on your laptop <laughs> in the morning when we were chilling, I don't remember anything else of, like, yeah, except what was right in front of me. Right. So, obviously. You're like, <laughs> I was busy. I was not thinking about you sitting in the corner. But it was very kind of you because it was a very intimate, yeah, chaotic moment. So, it was, like, kind of you to think about, like, should I be here or not? Which that just shows me you have your head on your shoulders and know know how to read a room. Yeah, it's like, well, because obviously, like, we're very good friends, but it is like a very intimate environment and, like, Mm -hmm. you're all out there. And so, like, the couch that I was sitting on was, like, directly to the side of Chelsea, probably like, you know, 12 or 14 feet away. Yeah, it was actually a pretty big room. It was a very big room. It was, like, very deep. So, 
I was like a good distance away from her. Like yeah. I feel like she had definitely her own space and I had my own space and the way I was sitting, I couldn't see anything really that was happening. Yeah. I was just looking at her from the side and I didn't really interact with you at all once everything started. Cause obviously I was like, I'm not going to go like talk to her. I think the only thing I did was you asked for your playlist yeah, at one point and I think on. Drew was busy. So I think I went over and I put your playlist on for you. Yeah. And then I think the playlist like was just looping and at one point you were like change it like it's so gotta go it's gotta go because you gotta go your birth playlist was okay. so funny to me can you please talk about that and why did you choose this type of music so i'm not like a playlist type of person like there's people in my life that make a playlist for events mm-hmm. i'm not that type of girl because i finding music is hard for me i like my music that i like and i've liked that forever and it's just my old like pop punk <laughs> The Chelsea was like American. Chelsea was doing her deep breathing and pushing to like Green Day, like Green Day and Fallout Boy. <laughs> it was so funny. It was like it was I so feel like good. some people's idea, which everyone's different, and everyone's like that's different. amazing. But I feel like when I hear birth playlist, I'm thinking like some people will do like real calming, like instrumental music, or like mm-hmm. people do like worship music, or like really calm. And then Chelsea was like, "Just go on my phone and like this is my birth playlist. Can you just start it?" And it was like <laughs> it was like. Sugar, we're going down yeah. by Fall Out Boy. <laughs> I just needed some motivation, like, to push. I don't know. If, okay, I've tried running before. Mm-hmm. And some of my friends, like, listening to, like, worship music or, like, classical music when they're running so they can zone out. And for me, I'm like, that just is boring and puts me to sleep. I needed, like, the fast tempo, the beat to, yeah. like, give me energy to push. And so, yeah, that was my birth playlist. But so, it wasn't a very long playlist. Like, no, I feel like you, just it was my like favorites. maybe an hour. Yeah. And so then it was just kind and of looping. More time. It had looped like four times. <laughs> you were like, like, gotta go. And I don't remember what I put on. I, I just panicked. And I was like, I don't remember what came I think I put that. on like one of the random Spotify. Yeah. Or maybe like we just music. turned it off. I don't maybe. remember. I do remember we had Harry Potter on the TV. Yes. We were watching Harry That's Potter. That's what I remember when I showed up at 8 a.m. I walked in there. Okay, so here's. This was really funny. So I showed up to the hospital and I had never, this is the only birth I've been present for. So I've never been in the L&D unit. I was like, I don't know where I'm going. And so I found where to go and I rode up on the elevator and I've met Chelsea's dad one time at her wedding, probably. Um, No, I didn't, I didn't interact with him at your wedding. Obviously he was there, but I don't think I interacted. I met him at your gender reveal. Oh yeah. Okay. And Oh, what an so awkward you know time that like was. not to be rude but like all white dads look the same like it's just they're all just dad you know they just look like dads and so i got in the elevator with like some dad looking guy and i was like all right we rode up the elevator elevator opens We're, we don't speak because why would you speak to a random person in an elevator at 8 a.m and it opens he goes one way i'm like okay i'll go the other way because i don't want to like stalk this random man and i didn't know where i was going like yeah. it just opened and you could go to the right or the left so i went to the left and then i get to chelsea's room and i walk in he's in there and i realize it's chelsea's dad <laughs> and i was like wow that is so embarrassing and obviously he knew the layout of like the floor because he yeah. works there so i'm like i should have just followed him because it took me forever to find your room yeah, that was kind of complicated to get there. Yeah, and so I walked in, and he was there. I think your stepmom was there. Yep. And your mom and Drew, and I think maybe Taylor was there when I got there. Maybe not. Um, 
No, I think she was working. I don't think she came until after Blair was born. Right. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. She right. She was in the room when we came to see yes. Blair. Yeah. So yeah, it was just your mom, Drew, your dad, and your stepmom. I think. Yeah. And then like some nurses. And then the doctor came in too, and they yeah. chitty chatted. Yeah. So I walked in and just went to the couch and sat down with my laptop and started doing some work. And then that was yeah eight. And then when did mm-hmm. you start doing your, like, they had you do practice pushes? Yeah, I think that was, like, 10 a.m. Yes. I so, did practice pushes. Because I remember I texted Michael and I was like, oh, my God, it's going to be any minute now. <laughs> She's doing her practice push. I was like, she practiced and then she pushes and then and the then, baby will be And here. then the baby comes. <laughs> Easy. And uh, spoiler alert, it That's was not, not shortly after happens. that. And so, yeah, did your practice pushes at, like, 10 and then mm-hmm. did, you started pushing for real, like, 11. Yeah, because my practice pushes weren't happening, which pushing a baby out no one's ever had to do that before so how do you know what muscles to engage and like how to push yeah they tell you not to push with your stomach because it's natural to like curl up and like use your abs because you're thinking of like pushing your baby out from your stomach but it's not those muscles it's like muscles from your lower region like as if you're going to the bathroom yeah yeah like if you're going to the bathroom which that's kind of a hard concept to think about so anyways i was practicing it wasn't working and she was like well i don't know if she's quite low enough to put enough pressure on it i don't know Mm -hmm. so they put me in the princess position you remember that they like sat the bed all the way up yes and i was like pretty much spread out and they wanted like gravity to like lower blair Mm -hmm. and so we were there for like 30 minutes after the practice pushes and then at 11 i told my mom i was like it feels like i have to poop yeah and she was like okay then it's time and so we called the nurse in and that's when she was like okay we're gonna start pushing and i pushed and I pushed and I pushed <laughs> and I pushed and I pushed and I pushed and I got like Blair it got to the point where we could see her head but once we got there no matter how much I pushed she wasn't getting any lower yeah and you know there was a lot of things that happened um looking back on it i wish my doctor would have come in sooner but the nurse didn't let him know so that was infuriating because your mom multiple lady. times like asked i that's what i remember most mm-hmm. is i remember the point where you looked scared yeah and i remember your mom being really frustrated because she multiple times was like can you get dr hopper in here and your nurse was like she kept just being like oh like we'll get him in a little bit we're just gonna keep trying yeah and it was like multiple multiple times that your mom asked for the doctor and the nurse would not get him yeah and I actually asked my grandma about this because my grandma's been a nurse her whole life yeah and I was talking well long story I was talking to my grandma about like doulas and midwives Mm -hmm. and like all the different because my birth stories scarred you yes (laughs) it did (laughs) I will not spoiler alert I will not be giving birth in this environment (laughs) (laughs) I've seen what I needed to see. Um, So I was asking my grandma, because she's like a nurse and also a huge hippie. So I was like, what's like the best way to do it? Like, what are your options? Well, well, and then I was explaining to her that the nurse wouldn't get your doctor. And she was like, yeah, sadly, that's like really common because a lot of doctors are super mean to nurses. So Mm. whenever like a nurse does ask for a doctor, if they come in and they don't feel like they're needed there, then the nurse gets yelled at. And he's like, you shouldn't have called me. Like, you should be able Ugh, to do this on your own. That's terrible. I know. And I was like, that's harsh. And my grandma's like, yeah, well, I've been a nurse my whole life. And like, that's just my experience. So she's like, that's why a lot of nurses will wait as long as they can before they call the doctor. But then it's like, then I remember Dr. Hopper came in and you could tell he was kind of like, you should have called me sooner. He was pissed. Yeah. He was pissed. Because it had been, how long did you push before he came in? Like three hours? Yeah, four three hours. And at one point when I was pushing, the nurse made this comment, which I'm not going to say the full thing for 
I don't know. I just feel like privacy and legal yeah. reasons. I don't know. <laughs> but she made this comment basically insinuating Blair had turned. Mm-hmm. So babies should be born with their face on the facing the ground. Yes. And she had made a comment thinking like Blair had kind of turned to one of the sides. And and at that moment, I should have insisted on the doctor coming in. But I was so exhausted. I think that was like an hour and a half in. My contractions were every minute and they lasted like no they were 45 seconds long every minute or something ridiculous like that Mm -hmm. so I only had like a 15 to 30 second break and when you have a contraction you have to push because your body's contracting and you're pushing and together it's like pushing the baby out like down and it's like when a baby's dropping I don't know if you've seen the videos it's like they go down like two stages and then when you're not contracting they go back up one so it's like two step forward one step back so it's like every push you get a little bit further but then it goes back and so it's this terrible process but I had done that and she insinuated that there was something wrong with maybe where Blair was positioned but we couldn't quite tell and so I should have asked her Hopper to come in but I didn't Mm -hmm. I well, think, you didn't know. No, like, I didn't know. It's your know. first time. And I was so tired. I wasn't thinking straight. Because think about it. I thought I was going to be having my baby on the 18th. Yeah. So the by night, 3 p.m. By 3 p.m. <laughs> so on this, the night of the 17th, I wasn't sleeping. Yeah. On the 18th, I didn't sleep at all during the day. And I only ate breakfast because I was so nervous of throwing up because of medicine. Throwing up is one of my biggest fears. So I had breakfast on the morning of the 18th. Then I get to the hospital at 10 p.m. I don't sleep that night and I'm not allowed to eat anything. So I'm going on like almost two days of no sleep, a day of no food. Yeah. On top of the stress of having a baby, all the strength of pushing something out, like the child out, I was not like coherent enough to stick up for myself. Right. Which is why like seeing your experience with that, because like Thank God your mom was there. Your mom oh my was gosh, amazing. Was my saving grace. Your mom, like, I would want your mom in the room when I give birth because she was like, she was. My mom will yeah. do a great job. But, she will do a great job. <laughs> but your mom did a great job, and like, she was really like sticking up for you. Yeah. And I'm mad that the nurse didn't listen to her because she was like not playing around. She's like, you need to get the doctor now. And the nurse was like, no thanks. And me and my mom, obviously, like. My dad's an OBGYN, right? They were married for 20-something years. She has learned the lingo, has heard my dad talk about, like, we need to talk about, oh, dad, what do you do for a job? Over the years, I've heard him randomly take phone calls. Like, I've learned enough Mm -hmm. from my dad being an OBGYN to know, like, that this is not how it should have been. And my mom, being a woman, having been married to an OBGYN, knew, like, this is not right. And your mom's had three kids. And my mom's had three kids, so she knew to stick out for me and so thank god she did so finally at that point i think it was like two o'clock so i pushed from 11 to 2 mm-hmm. nothing was happening for like the last two hours of it blair wasn't dropping down any further yeah so finally my mom was like we need to see hopper get him in here and this is how the nurse this is the only petty thing i will say this is how the <laughs> nurse calls hi dr hopper um so she's been pushing for a little while and i think maybe there's just something you could do would you mind popping in here that was a phone call <laughs> this lady made you're like can we get some urgency because like, i'm dying i've been pushing for three hours what do you mean oh god yeah i was so infuriated but whatever i was like finally the doctor's coming in and so he comes in and i can immediately tell he has a very good bedside manner yeah. but you can immediately tell he was pissed yes from all the situation just everything and i don't even know what he could see 
to tell, but he, I could just tell he was pissed. I could tell when he walked in, he assessed the situation very quickly because so whenever Chelsea was pushing beforehand, I think it was like just that one nurse and maybe one other one in the at that time. The baby's nurse came in just yeah. to introduce herself. I'm going to take Blair to weigh her, blah, blah, blah. And then she left. Yes. Yeah. So for the majority of the morning, it was like me sitting on the couch, Drew and Chelsea's mom over to Chelsea's left, kind of like mm-hmm. against the other side of the room. And then this nurse who was to my right, holding my unsuccessfully <laughs> trying to help Chelsea get Blair out of her body. And so whenever... Dr. Hopper came in. It was within because it happened very fast. Very From quickly. The moment Hopper came in, within 15 minutes is when yep. they took you. They took me back. So I just got chills. <laughs> <laughs> so it happened very fast, but I remember he came in and immediately called. And then it was like eight people came in. They yes. brought in this like thing on wheels that had all these like scary like scalpels and scissors and like all these all types of freaky crap it on was it. Scary. I was like, I should not be here. But th- then it was like they Too were that all that stuff and all those people were between me and the door. So I was like, I'm just gonna sit silently mm-hmm. on this couch and like pray for Chelsea in my mind <laughs> and just not and just and be my a eyes. wallflower. And I'm like, and I had the camera around my neck because I was like so ready to like you jump were ready up to and go grab the photo. And the longer I sat there, I was like, I don't know if this picture is gonna happen nope. in the way that Chelsea wanted it to happen like so yeah it was very weird and then it just happened so fast like Hopper came in assessed the situation then that cart came in more baby nurses came in more nurses for you came in uh-huh. also your IV like fell out what yeah, happened my IV fell out it was like okay so they had trouble putting it in what's this crease like, like the crease of your oh, arm I can't even I think about it called. so they had to put it in my right arm right on like my wrist which was terrible and so imagine you're having to like lean up and pull your legs back so i'm constantly just like bending that wrist pulling my leg and so at some point during pushing like an hour in it had kind of fallen out a little bit and the nurse just pretty much like jimmy rigged it back in which oh my gosh i hope i don't get her fired but like the nurse pretty much just like jimmy rigged (laughs) it. we will not be sharing the nurse's name and it was in but not like good and so at after three hours of trying to push it pretty much had fallen out so we hopper runs in and i'm like defeated i'm Mm -hmm. looking at my mom like i i'm i don't know what to do anymore and the whole time i told myself mentally i can do anything that's hard like i was telling myself mentally i can do this i was never gonna say i can't or i give up or this Mm -hmm. is too hard i wanted to speak positive thoughts because if i think something that's gonna determine how i feel and how i behave so it's like I wanted to think i was strong because then i would be strong yeah and so when i started giving up mentally was when it just all kind of went downhill after three hours. But so I looked at my mom and Hopper is messing around on the cart. And he was like, okay, basically Chelsea, we have two situations. Blair's stuck and we're, we can try to get her out. We can do like the vacuum type thing, or we can do a C-section. And I was like, no, like let's, I want to try to like get her out with the vacuum. He was like, okay, well, I'm only going to try this like maybe two times because it, it, I guess it can be dangerous. I don't really know, but yeah. Um, I was like, we're only going to try this two times. So it's basically like a giant suction cup that they attach to the child's head. And when I push, he pulls to hopefully get some more force in there. Yes. But it wasn't, it was like you were pushing. You also, there was another nurse who gave you a towel Uh and you were doing like a tug of war thing. So she wanted you to pull on the towel as you were pushing. Pushing. She was pulling on the other side of the towel. Hopper had the suction cup on Blair. Trying to pull her out. There's like a nurse on each of your limbs. One's trying to fix your IV while this is going Uh on. There's all the 
pulling baby my legs nurses. back. They're prepping like Blair's little baby cart thing that they put the newborn in. Yeah, it was insane. Crazy. So we did that five times. Yes. Five times. That and was the most traumatic part for me. They, <laughs> not that it's about all me. of this. All of the suction cups popped off. And that was the moment that I had more of like a tear. Up mm. until that point, everything was looking good. Ugh. Everything was looking fine. But it was in that moment, which I don't remember feeling anything. So it's fine. But that's when it happened, which is sad. So we tried it five times and she was not coming yeah. at all. And that's when I looked up at my mom with tears in my eyes and was like, I can't do this. Yeah. Like, I knew there was something wrong. And so Hopper was like, Chelsea, we're going to have to go back for a C-section. And then I hear him. And then when he said that, it was like those nurses ringing. It was like, what was happening? He was like, call it into the OR. The lady called it in. He was like, no, call it in stat, which stat means like get the baby out in 30 seconds because the baby or mom is like losing oxygen or something. And I will say, thankfully... Blair's heart rate and my heart rate never dropped during this whole process Mm -hmm. so I really just believe God was with us like he was keeping her safe because for her to be that low in the birth canal and not have her heart rate drop is very insane so he's like call it in stack because I want to go right away they like then that's when the nurse is like well I don't really have a line and so the other charge nurse is coming in to fix my IV which I had almost fainted the first time I got so I was nervous yeah. they're having me sign paperwork that was crazy I was like are you telling surgery? me Drew can't sign like why didn't they have him do it but I, I guess because like, if you're of sound mind you have to be able to sign your own papers but, but was it was like, so crazy I was so I was just sitting there like are you serious like Chelsea has a nurse on every limb every of her limb. body and one where Blair is coming out like she's got five Five plus nurses physically touching her yep. and then she has someone holding a clipboard in front Signing of her it. having her sign paperwork while i'm being the, stitched up while she's being stitched and they're pushing the cart like they're moving yes. chelsea's bed out the door as all this is happening it was, it was the insane. fastest which like thank god they can do it that fast yeah but it was the, like as soon as hopper said like okay we're going like emergency c-section you were out the door in 15 seconds it was insane i don't know how he stitched me up so quick i don't know how all of that happened in one minute but it did so they take drew back before me because mm-hmm. they're like dad come on let's go get you scrubbed in which was very kind that he could come and i think it's just because i've known dr hopper since i was eight honestly yeah which I'm very grateful for that because that's not usually something that happens. And so I'm thankful he got to be there because I needed him. <laughs> I needed yeah. him to be there. But they take me back. And so my dad and his wife were sitting in the physician's lounge just waiting because he didn't want to play doctor that day. Like he wanted to be granddad, which I appreciated. And he said he was sitting in the physician's lounge with my anesthesiologist who was on call too. And when the page goes off saying a C-section, my dad's like, oh, ha, 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 that's not for my daughter. And then the page comes back again saying no emergency C-section. The anesthesiologist was like, eating his lunch my dad says he literally drops his food because it's like emergency and he starts running and he was like room 13 and my dad's like wait that's my daughter's room wait i just realized that's an unlucky number i know it's a terribly (laughs) unlucky number i don't never have room 13 again so (laughs) i'm not usually superstitious but i am now kind of (laughs) sus So the anesthesiologist like runs to meet me, whatever. And my dad is like, oh my gosh, that's my daughter. So he kind of walks to the edge of the hall where they would wheel me back for the surgery. And so I had like left the room where you guys were and I was in the hall and it was the first time I was by myself. And I and I they wheel me and I see my dad and Caitlin and I just kind of wave at them and then they push me back through these big doors. And that's when I started sobbing Mm -hmm. because I was by myself. I was so terrified this was not what I wanted and yeah. I was in so much pain because you hadn't seen Drew yet 
No, I hadn't seen Drew since they had. I I didn't remember. I don't remember seeing Drew until post op. Honestly, like Drew was not even physically able to be close to you. Like I no. feel like in all the movies, it's like dad is like caressing mom's hair yeah, and like holding no. her hand and like there were so many nurses around you drew was like just shoved back in he the corner for the, the whole side. time pretty much like almost stand up on the counter to try yeah. to see me so i get wheeled back and i'm scared that was like when i started breaking down crying because i had finally i guess in my mind admitted defeat which it wasn't defeat it was just like i could finally let go of all of the stress and sadness and scaredness and the nurse was so sweet next to me. She was like, I don't remember her name, but she was like, I'm going to be with you the whole time. I'm going to be right here. She was mm-hmm. like my aunt, nurse anesthetist. Um, so they wheel me back. They like transfer me onto the bed. And like, I just remember like looking up and seeing the big light and seeing them. Like, I mean, they were moving so quick. It's insane how they can do this. Yeah. And Hopper comes in and he's like asking the anesthesiologist who was behind me to the left, like, is she ready to go? And they do a test poke. And the lady is like, tell me if you feel pressure or like a sharp, cold metal pain. Yeah. And I was like, I feel a sharp metal pain. And she's like, okay. They pump me something and like my bed just turns to the left side. Like I'm almost like, I don't know, like my left side is almost like perpendicular to the ground. Mm-hmm. And I How guess did you not the- roll off the bed. They have you secured down somehow. And maybe oh. they did it. I don't know that someone was holding me. I can't remember. Yeah. I just remember turning and I think to get the medicine to that side. Mm. I go is back that flat. like because that's the side your heart is on oh i don't know that's smart Does i mean it go it, into your bloodstream i don't know i don't know we're not doctors <laughs> <laughs> we sound so we're ignorant. like trying to figure it out <laughs> so they do the test poke it's not working and they basically give me ketamine and mm-hmm. i get knocked out i just see like yellow and blue shapes and i don't remember anything drew comes in and he, even though i'm knocked out i'm like awake which this is weird like you're aware that he's there no oh i'm awake to him and talking to him oh but you're not like aware of anything in your mind no i'm seeing yellow like a yellow vastness with like blue shapes like that's all i remember and i remember when i start coming to i hear blair's crying Mm. and drew's next to me and then i'm just in kind of this loopiness like he tells he's like i would be like babe babe don't leave me don't leave me because i was so scared and then i would hear her crying and be like no you need to go to blair you need to go to blair and then i'd be like drew where are you where are you and like i was just like in this crying of being like I drew's like running back yeah. and forth he's like i don't know which one to go to <laughs> oh but he got to be there and like see her come out and he was the first one to hold her and they yeah. went to weigh her and so that's really special um, and I don't really remember anything coming to, I get wheeled back to post-op and that's where like my memory finally like kicks in and like my dad comes over and like explains what happens and like Hopper checks on me and he's so sweet and, um, Drew's there holding Blair and that's when like I finally get to hold her and see her. There's photos of me awake and smiling with Blair next to me in the operating room, but like I don't remember that. Yeah. Which is weird. So you without giving any personal details about this person you've been present for someone else's c-section before uh-huh. so how is that like different from your experience so the medicine they were on they were like fully awake mm-hmm. it did make them sick but i think it's everyone's just kind of different and i think medicine just affects people differently but i for some reason the medicine they were giving me through my iv or I guess the epidural wasn't working, mm. so they had to give me something stronger. But so I think, that's why, like, they asked when the test poke happened and you yes, felt it. Yeah, they knew your epidural medicine wasn't working. Yeah, because that's when I remember 
the nurse anesthetist looked up at the doctor and was like can i do blah 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 and he like gave them the numbers and she was like hop are you ready he was like yeah and then immediately when she like pushed it into my line i was gone wow so it was like very very quick yeah so i think for them what's different is um you get checked into like a Mm pre-operating thing you get your gown on your hair net on whatever your husband goes back to a different room they kind of wait there for a little bit they wheel you in you're conscious you're talking to someone you're like laid out like on a cross that's how your arms are and then they give you the IV and they just kind of talk to you and numb you up but with like a normal c-section you still feel like pressure and you still feel like movement yeah so they kind of sometimes still can feel the baby come out which is weird. Like you wow. can feel like you don't feel the pain of it, but you feel like the pressure of them pulling. Yeah. Um, so I think that's in. And then you have the memory. Yeah. I don't know. And it's not as an emergent thing. People aren't running around. I was so lucid somehow enough to ask to see my placenta. Really? Yes. Because <laughs> I wanted to see it so bad. Like, what was yeah. that thing? It's a huge organ, and I'm very proud of myself. I've heard it's, like, the size of a dinner plate. It's huge. Or maybe that I've heard, like, the size of the wound that it leaves in you when it detaches. Yes. It's the size of a dinner yes. plate. Yes. Which I guess It is it a huge be. organ that I had no clue my body had created, and I'm amazed at myself. I don't think I've ever seen an organ. Was it gross? It was kind of cool. It looked kind of weird, like it was in a bucket. <laughs> I love how like unceremonious <laughs> stuff is in the hospital. Like they're they just have like buckets Here's for a bucket organs. Of organ. They're like, Here's a bucket of like an organ that you grew. We're gonna take it and, and if I don't you know want to make it. your placenta into pills or all the different things, yeah. The hospital makes you sign like a release form for it because it is an organ. Yeah. And you have to carry it to the company that does it. Like hospitals no. don't just do that. At least in our area. There's like so like What do they put it in? Like a bucket or a like a bucket. It's a bucket. Is it covered? Yes. Oh, okay. But okay. I remember the person who C-section I saw, yeah. they were going to make their placenta into pills. And so when they got wheeled out of post-op, <laughs> their placenta <laughs> was in a bucket at the end of their bed that got wheeled with them because the husband had to walk it out yeah. the front doors to the, the company that would make it into pills. Wow. Which is crazy. That is so I almost did that part of okay. me, which is I would have. Can I say, there's a part of the story that I forgot that's like my yes, favorite. Yes, I was wondering. <laughs> you have to tell them. I don't remember what point this happened at but my one of my most vivid memories and like I feel like I don't know I don't know what was going through her head so at some point I was sitting on the couch well I was sitting on the couch the whole time but when I was sitting on the couch and all this was going on I think it had to be before Dr. Hopper came in because that's when everything got crazy but Mm -hmm. it was just like the nurse was helping you push nothing was really moving and she was changing the sheets that were underneath you yeah Cause like they change them cause there's like blood and all sorts of stuff all on things. them, all the things. So she removed, or maybe I feel like they just have layers of sheets and they just yes. peel a clean one off Yeah, or a dirty one off. So she peeled off a dirty sheet from underneath you. And to my right is like the big bathroom and there's like that big thing in Large there that has garbage can. It has like a huge, yeah, it's like a big plastic like laundry basket uh-huh. that has like a symbol on it for like. Why do I, I want to say like radioactive waste? <laughs> it's, not, it's like biohazard materials. Yes. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, surely she's going to go put this nasty sheet in this big thing, like six feet away from me. No, she sets it on the couch, you guys, next to me. And not only on the couch, Drew and Chelsea had suitcases yeah. that had all their stuff. It had like Blair's going home outfit, all of like Chelsea's extra My clothes, outfits. like Drew's 
like computer Our and blanket. like blankets everything and one of their suitcases was sitting i think the suitcase was like shut but not zipped shut yeah and i think it was a hard shell one but it was sitting next to me on the couch and she sets this like soiled sheet it's disgusting on their suitcase right next to me and i'm in such a state of disbelief because i'm like surely this is like a health hazard it's like disgusting that's and i know i'm like even like i'm not gonna contract Why anything not the from floor? it but it's just gross yeah i'm like there's a huge tile floor there's an expanse of empty space around me i'm in a sea of available opportunity for you put this sheet anywhere that's not six inches from my leg it's disgusting and i just look up and literally like my jaw is on the floor I look up to see if anyone else clocks this. I make eye contact with Drew, who's on the other side of you. Drew is laughing, He's but like in himself. disbelief. And he just walks over and picks up the sheet, God bless him, and he goes and puts it in the thing in the bathroom. But I'm like, what was this nurse thinking? She was unhinged. It was so, that was like truly the icing on the cake. I was like, if not for, or just like, aside from all the things you went through, just I was like, like I cannot believe that just happened that no. she just did that so yeah i will not be i will not be partaking in that establishment personally but i mean i've also heard i know many people have had a great so experience many people have had great experiences there it's well ranked you know yeah it's just i feel like it was probably just the pressure of like you are like the head doctor's daughter so yeah. everyone was probably like a little nervous on and, edge for you sure. know like they couldn't call him i don't know there's really no excuse it, for how you were treated but no it was just she i don't know that lady she was in her older years <clears throat> and i think she was i don't know i don't know i can't rough. put ideas out there because we wish her well but we hope to never interact but also with her you will never be my nurse ever again <laughs> yeah and now you know her name so if you see her you're like mm, you're excused no she's going on my never list yeah okay so when they wheeled you away mm -hmm. it was and drew had left so mm -hmm. it was your mom and i yeah in the room and I will say this is also terrible. It was like a horror movie. Like I'm not I would never try to equate my experience to Chelsea's. So like if you're hearing this and you're like, why is Riley like being so dramatic about this and making it about herself? I'm not. It was Chelsea's experience. A hundred percent. You were there, too. But so I was there and it did affect how I feel about having yes. children. Because when when thing when the suction cup didn't work, it oh. caused like I a mess, think about it. which I'm not really going to talk about because like, it, it's just trigger warning like a things. slasher movie type mess yes sorry and we'll put a trigger warning at the top of this episode that was everywhere yeah so when they wheeled chelsea out there were like bloody wheel tracks uh -huh. on the floor there was blood everywhere i was like i'm so glad i saw that she was alive when they wheeled her out of here because like <laughs> it was a lot I'd been it was a lot of blood i'm surprised they didn't need any blood i am too because now that i think about it, it i've never been but that i guess that's normal i don't know with that much blood anyway so your mom and i it was like they wheeled you out and four seconds later our nurse came in and was like okay grab your stuff we're gonna take you over here we gotta flip this room for someone else and i was like okay i get it because like obviously you had trouble getting a room so i'm like yeah. everyone's having their kids this week that's fine but it was so i was like can you just give me a second I need to like breathe? 30 seconds and a paper bag <laughs> like <laughs> i just i'm not ready to like windex this room right now yeah so your mom and i are like running around frantically and we weren't expecting it to take that turn so quickly so like stuff was everywhere it was like yeah well no we were there was like a switch that drew was playing and like snacks oh and God, like just stuff and switch. blankets and clothes and like there's just stuff everywhere and 
so we were like running around i was just shoving stuff in your suitcases i was like they'll organize it later like i just don't want to <laughs> lose anything and then they took us to like this tiny little waiting room and i think it's like where the dads wait like mm. before c-section because okay. i think there was another dad in there like right when we walked in then he left and um yeah then we just sat there and it didn't take long at all for no. them to get blair out so they came and told us whenever she was out and that they were taking you but I feel like, do you remember, was there a waiting period between being in the OR and being in your, like, mother and yes. baby suite? Yes. Yeah. So they, Blair was born pretty quick. Yeah. It's like the afterwards of sewing me up that took a while. Yeah. And then you go to post-op. Okay, Which I right. was there for a full hour because they have to, like, press on your stomach and check your bleeding and your incision and all the things. Yes. So while you were in post-op, we were still just waiting in that room. Really? Yeah. We were in there for a long time. Oh, wow. And we were starving. Oh, no. <laughs> and I were like, so we're super hungry. <laughs> um, and so that's like, she was like, okay, why don't you have Michael come pick you up? You guys can go get lunch. And like, um, I'll let, she was like, I'll text you whenever we're in Chelsea's room. And I was like, okay, perfect. So I had Michael come get me. But then he came and got me and I felt so sick because I don't do well with blood. No, yeah. And I knew, obviously, I'm like, okay, she's giving birth. There's going to be some stuff. And I was prepared to see, like, the newborn baby, the goop of it all. Yeah. You know, because I was like, I'm going to take a picture of Blair's. They're putting her on her chest. It's going to be but gross. But you're going to be but, like, overwhelmed by Blair. Yeah. Cuteness. I was like, I'm going to, like, cry because I'm going to see Blair for the first time. It's going to be, like, beautiful and whatever. And I was just not expecting, like, see <laughs> <laughs> like, what actually went down. And I felt so sick. And I went down and I got in the car and I just blast. I turned the AC on blast. I put my head between my knees. Michael's like, do you want me to start driving? I was like, no, like just, I don't, just I'll get car sick. Like, just give me a minute. He's like, what do you want to eat? I was like, I'm not hungry. He's like, I thought you just said you were hungry. I was like, I just lost. Like, I feel like when I got in the car, because when your mom you. and I were just sitting in the waiting room, like you'd think that like we were sitting there for so long, you'd think that that would be when you kind of process. Mm -mm. But for some reason, I didn't. Like, it. none of it, like, hit me until I got in the car. Well, your environment changed, and you were back yeah. to, like, your reality of, like, oh. Well, and it was just so bizarre, because it's, like, you forget that, like, life is happening outside. Mm -hmm. it, it, like... I have that thought all the time. Like when I drive by a hospital, yeah. it's like you like there's stuff happening in all those rooms. Like you have no idea what's going on. I have yeah. the same thought on like airplanes. Mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, there are people on this airplane who are like going to like a funeral. And there are people on this yeah. airplane who are like going to meet their granddaughter for the first time. Like there's so many different like emotions and things happening yeah. everywhere we are. Not to get so meta, but like that's <laughs> how I was feeling. I like I got in the car and it was weird. It was like we were in the parking garage and there were people like walking around like smiling and laughing. And some people looked sad and it was just... And it's you're bizarre. kind of like, how can you go on with your normal life when I just experienced I know. this trauma? I was like, like, did you not do? I can't go through the Chick-fil-A drive-thru right now. No. Like, I just watched my best friend go through this, like, horrible experience. And, like, and now she has a baby, and that's amazing. And, like, thank God they're both healthy and fine. But I was yeah. like, wow. It was just, like, a lot for my mind to unpack. And also another element of this is that Michael and I were supposed to go to this, like, retreat thing. Uh-huh. That night. Like a staff retreat for where he works. And so we were supposed to go that night and like see all these people. And it was like a Ugh. beach thing. And like everyone's like, come to the beach, come to the pool, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I can't make small talk with you guys right like, now. Like I I'm processing. <laughs> and so. We, and all of those people were blowing up your phone the yeah, whole well, time. Yeah, well, because they knew. They, they knew were like, was going into labor. like, how's Chelsea doing? And I was not like, working. I don't know how much Chelsea wants me to share of this. So I'm just like, Chelsea and baby are healthy. Like, that's just what <laughs> I'm saying. She's pushing and it's not coming out. Yeah, and that was the thing. People are texting me all day like, has Blair been born yet? And I'm like, no. No. <laughs> she has not. And so, yeah, it was, it was crazy. So 
after like a few minutes of sitting and just letting the AC blast my face when I felt better, we went, we texted Drew and asked what you guys wanted to eat. And he said you weren't wanting to eat either. I wasn't allowed to either. I had oh, I to do a that. clear liquids diet after surgery. So that was literally terrible. Were you going to have to do that if you had just delivered her? No. Okay, so it was I just wanted, because. like, a big cheeseburger. <laughs> I know, because we had talked about that, because that yeah, was our I whole plan. Yeah, I just sushi. Yes, because that's what Drew wanted. He yeah. wanted New Moon sushi. So it was funny, because the plan was, like, for Michael and I to go get food and eat with, like, you and, like, all of us to eat together, and then it ended up just being, we went to get sushi for the boys, and then you and I <laughs> sat there and didn't eat anything. Honestly, that's just, that's on brand. <laughs> it is so on brand. So we went, we picked up Tsunami Sushi from downtown, and then we brought it back, and we walked up to the mother and baby in it, and that's when we saw you and Blair for the first time. Yeah. That was crazy. And I think when we got there, your mom was there, and she was just leaving. And Taylor My was there. My mom was leaving. She had been there pretty much all day. I think Taylor had just gotten there from work. Because Blair was born at 226. I couldn't leave the post op until, like, probably four-ish. Mm-hmm. And then you guys came around six. Like, around dinner time. Yeah. Dinner time six. So, that was... The mother and baby unit is where you go after you've had the baby, Mm -hmm. where you stay for at least 24 hours. So they check your healing and do all the tests for the baby. So that's where most of my memories live. Yeah. Was the (laughs) labor room and then the mother and baby afterwards. That was was beautiful. I mean, having a C-section, you can't walk. Well, okay. See, I don't know how much of my experience is, like, from the C-section versus, like, the epidural. Right, because you also had to recover from both types of delivery. Yes. Because you had pushed for so long, and Blair got so far down your birth canal yep. that you had to essentially recover from a vaginal birth and a C-section. Yeah, and because I tore from the suction cup Oh, thing. my gosh. So, I don't know how much of this, like, I was, we got into the room probably at 4 o'clock, and I wasn't allowed to get out of bed and, like, walk until 4 a.m., so they had me, in, like, on bed rest for 12 hours. And maybe that was from the medicine I got in C-section, the epidural, a combination of both. On top of that, they had to, like, change out, you know, like, your pad. Because even if you have a C-section, you still bleed afterwards. Because it's, like, the, there's still a big open wound from where the placenta was. Um, so it was just all of those things were happening. And I just so badly wanted to eat. Because, mind you, I only ate like the day of the 18th breakfast that day mm-hmm. didn't eat really much the rest of the day got checked in didn't eat the next day because i was on medicine so this is like the night of the 19th i have not had food for like almost <laughs> You're like two someone days. feed me immediately and like, you can have a clear liquid diet so here's some bone broth and green jello no. and sprite and i was How like is green jello a clear i like, don't know there's like green 26 or whatever terrible right. colors in that, for in that sure. jello for sure or it was like some sort of like icy too that i could have Ooh. which i was kind of that nice. sounds fine and i was like okay so that's what i ate that's that's what it was clear liquid diet can't get up out of bed so that was also kind of sadder too with mm-hmm. blair it was like when she would cry or something people would have to bring her over to me plus i was also just physically exhausted yeah but that's rightfully most of my so <laughs> yeah that's okay but most of my memories live there in the mother and baby unit, which is nice because Blair was there. Wow. Well, I'm so thankful that all of that, you still had a healthy baby girl. Yep. Beautiful. Yeah. I cried when I first saw her and I, I like thought I might, but I was like, I, that's so cheesy. Like, I don't want to be like corny. Like, it's not my baby. <laughs> like, how lame. And then I literally just saw her and started crying. And I think I started crying when Michael was holding her. Or Aww. no, I think I cried when I held her. But she was so beautiful like right away yeah and i feel like like 
everyone says that the, their new baby is beautiful but i remember being like oh my god like she is a perfect baby she was she's perfect. so cute minus the big circle cut on her head from the suction cup yes but we'll talk about that another time <laughs> so wrapping up this story i think it's important and something that i had to overcome because this even though i went into this saying i'm not gonna have a birth plan I had some sort of a plan, right? Mm -hmm. It was to be induced. It was to have all these things. And that didn't happen. And I was so disappointed in that. And I remember when I was pregnant, the only thing that like at the end was getting me through the moments of being sick or painful or feeling like I was missing out on things was like, but one day like I will just scoop Blair up Mm because I wanted to pull her out. (laughs) Like I wanted to be that involved. And I'll just put her on. Like Kardashians. Yeah. Like like (laughs) Courtney. I'll just put her on my chest and like everything will be okay. Yeah. And I didn't get that experience. And probably if I have another kid, I will have to have another C-section based on what happened. Mm-hmm. And so I might not ever get that experience of like pulling my daughter up and putting her on my chest like right after she's born. And that was one thing that I held on to my entire pregnancy and was a huge loss that I had to mourn afterwards because mm-hmm. it was the one thing that I wanted. And so if you're pregnant or to anyone who's going to be pregnant... I love the idea of a birth plan because it asks you to, like, research, right? Yeah. And I do think there's a responsibility on a patient to, like, research and know, have an understanding of everything that could happen. But at the same time, I would offer this suggestion of, like, don't hold on to, like, specific expectations too tightly. Like, you can have them, but, like, don't hold on to them too tightly because, for me, that was, like, a huge thing that I had to mourn. Like, I cried for months afterwards being, like, I never got that moment. Mm-hmm. And... And maybe it's fine, but at the same time, I think, like, don't idealize one option in your head because you never know what could happen. And at the end of the day, the best option is for you and your baby to be healthy. Yeah. And just because something doesn't go according to plan or something Mm -hmm. isn't, like, the way you imagined it doesn't mean that it's, like, a failure or that you did anything wrong. Like, that's just life. And that's, I feel like, the overarching theme of, like, everything (laughs) we're always talking about is, like, things just aren't going to be perfect and even though like we are such planners and we try to plan for things like things just don't always go that way Mm -hmm. and so I think just releasing the pressure of like you don't actually have to have a super perfect picturesque birth yeah you don't have to have like a birth photographer no you don't have to have like these incredible like the blanket photos yeah yeah the blanket with their name on it all the things like you don't have to have that for it to be beautiful yeah like you're getting your baby Mm-hmm. And that's all that matters. Yeah. So the one thing that I learned that I feel like is really important is that there are a lot of different ways to become a mother, right? And some of those are maybe more natural, like if you do a home birth or you don't have an epidural or a water birth. And then some of those things are, quote unquote, less natural, having a C-section, getting an epidural, having a surrogate, doing IVF. But the way that you become a mother doesn't dictate the value that you hold. And that was a huge thing that I had to learn was I felt a little bit less like a woman because I couldn't push Blair out or I'm not going to be a good mom. And and I've had to let go of that idea because just because she came like how she came into the world is a very small actually has no reflection on who I am as a person. It's just like a part of an experience and a part of like my story. It doesn't reflect on like my value or my worth. But that was not something that came naturally to me. I had to basically tell myself that for months i also think about how many women all and again 
I can't speak from experience, but I just think about how many women all over the world give birth every day in mm-hmm. so many different ways. Like, yes. I saw like a TikTok of this woman who gave birth in the ocean, which I'm like, that can't be safe or sanitary. But who am I to judge? <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe it's great for you. I don't know. I haven't researched it. Like, there are people doing all sorts of things. And I think another like kind of pressure that people feel or not necessarily pressure, but like a comparison people make is yeah. the idea of having like an unmedicated birth. Yeah. And I know a lot of people are like, re- like my mom had unmedicated births and she's super proud of it. And Bless I'm like, them. I don't know if I will do that. I'd like to say like, maybe I'll try it, but I yeah. don't know. Like I'm weak. I don't know. <laughs> like I'm worried about getting my blood drawn. Like I'm worried about the little, like the sugar tests and stuff. They make yeah. you do like, I, I'm nervous. So I'm like, everyone's going to do it their own way. Mm-hmm. And like, you might do it fully unmedicated and feel amazing about that. You might like have an epidural and, take all the medicine that they offer you and feel amazing about that like you might give birth at home in like a little tub you might give birth in the hospital you might give birth in a birthing center that's somewhere in the middle like it does not matter all that matters is that you're doing what feels best for you and that you're safe and happy with your experience and even if your experience doesn't go to plan like chelsea's right like you're gonna end up with your baby yep And I would say whatever you decide for your family, that's what's best for your family. And it might not be best for someone else. Mm -hmm. And I've had to, this is like where I hate social media is because I've really had to guard my heart from like seeing women that I know post stupid little cute graphics that are like, birth is a natural process and it's meant to be done. Like these very, they're not meaning it in this way. I know the girls, but I'm like, do you know when I was in my postpartum depression and my postpartum anxiety, seeing someone post that, like it did not help me. So that's where it's like you have to take on responsibility as an individual to be like, okay, well, I'm not going to ingest social media right now because it's not healthy for me. But I would also just like to say what is best for you is not going to be best for everybody. Yeah. And sometimes, you know just you know be careful with what you say to people and even just like little comments that you make so many people have asked me are you ready for child number two not really knowing the full trauma of this story which Mm -hmm. is like no i'm not and that's something i'm sad about so please please don't ask me that random stranger don't ask me if i'm pregnant or want to be it's just not appropriate and it's something that i'm having to deal with internally yes and i feel like people now are finally figuring out and like way too late but (laughs) i feel like we're realizing like it's actually not normal to ask someone like are you trying for a baby like yeah, when, are, when do you want to have a baby intimate that is so invasive and that was like the most annoying part to me about like right around like the six month mark of oh being married it was like when are you gonna have a baby are you guys trying for a baby and i'm like no and like that's none of your business no, and ma'am. like what if i were and we were battling infertility or like what right. if like any number of things what if i had just lost a baby yes, like yeah. like there are so many personal and like hurtful things that people are going through with pregnancy and birth and that's why like I'm so proud of you for sharing your birth story because it is personal and it was Mm -hmm. traumatic and like obviously we'll put a trigger warning at the top of this and hopefully like anyone who listens to this isn't you know negatively affected by your story but it's a hard thing to talk about and I think we just need to learn like stop asking people personal questions yeah like if you go out today and change one thing about the way you interact with the world Quit asking women, like, when are you going to have a baby? It's not appropriate. Also, quit asking people who are dating when they're going to get engaged. That was the word. We'll talk about that another time. But that was like, (laughs) when Michael and I were dating, I'd always get, when are you going to get engaged? I'm like, you're asking the wrong half of this relationship, that question. (laughs) So my final takeaway is leave people alone. Mind your business. Just kidding. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, my real final takeaway is if you're going to ask someone to be in the room with you when they give birth, just make sure you're really good friends because <laughs> they're going to see. Who knows what they're going to see? Well, that's my birth story, guys. <laughs> that's Chelsea's birth story. Thank you guys so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.